0: Welcome back to the Office Marketing Podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author Mike Swigert. Hey everybody! Thank you for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. I am uh, I'm so glad to have Greg Cox on the show today. Greg Cox has been a friend of mine for a very long time. We actually, in our pre-call, we're trying to figure out how far back our friendship went and, and it's at least over 13 years in the business. And Greg has been in the construction business for almost 20 years. And three years ago, he got the crazy idea that he was gonna start his own, uh, his own business. And he's gonna share with us a little bit of that vision, um, a little bit of his vision, a little bit of his experience, His experience really is very broad, guys. It goes from everything from LabCorp to Quest Diagnostics, Piedmont, Crocker, CB, Cushman, and we could just go on and on. Greg's touched a lot of different type projects, and he's gonna talk about really his his business journey, his sales journey, and uh, just his overall story. Greg, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me. So yeah, my, my vision here, uh, getting in the commercial real estate world and construction, you know, it's kind of interesting. I started, um, I was an econ major at the University of Georgia. So when I got out of school, I had a finance job all lined up and um, ready to go to work. And I think I had accepted the job, actually. And uh, I was at my sister's house one night, and it was in the summertime. And, um, you know, we, we got to talking, and she just was like, Greg, I just cannot see you sitting at a desk all day long. That just... You, just, I just can't see it. Why don't you talk to some of my good friends, you know, in the general contracting world or real estate and just see if it's a match. So I did that and, um, you know, didn't, didn't show up on the first day of work at my finance job and got into the construction world and basically learned it hands-on in the field. I was in the field for a solid, my solid first year because I didn't know anything. I had to learn the drawings and just learn what I was doing. And I was matched up with some very seasoned senior guys and you know just learned it literally from the ground up.
0: All right Greg, um, what was the very first, can you remember? What was the very first project you touched? Your your day one, you don't know much about construction if anything. What was it?
1: H Stockton at Overton Park.
0: Cool, I knew you'd remember it. I knew you would. And <laughs> yeah. what were you doing? What was H Stockton doing? Were they just building the retail spot? Yep,
1: that, so that was when Overton was just coming out of the ground. I think it was might have been their first I mean, they had a few projects going on, you know, the Anchor Tenant, and, and then H. Stockton was right there on the ground floor, still there today. Um, and yeah, just built the retail okay. store.
0: So now you're <laughs> going from retail, and who are you with at this point? Who, who was that that you started out with? That was Warren Hanks. Okay, cool. All right, so with Warren Hanks, you're touching all kinds of fun stuff. What, what other jobs are you touching there?
1: Uh, almost, almost immediately after that, I went to Sanctuary Park for a little while, and then I got out at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, Scottish Right. And I was quasi working out of the hospital. Um, I mean, I was in the office and out there at the hospital, both playing superintendent. At the same time, simultaneously learning how to estimate and uh, you know, great mentors over there that really helped me and taught me. Um, I really, I mean, to this day, I, I, I owe everything really to them. Their training program is kind of what I try to mirror here because they did such a good job with me. Um, Granted, I worked my tail off. <laughs> I was pre-family. Um, but, I mean, I just didn't stop working. I was in the field doing bids and then getting, you know, audited, basically um, graded by guys that as seasoned as as the folks, you know, as, as Jim and Gene. I couldn't have asked for a better training program. Um, yeah,
0: I, I have to agree. Any, any interaction I've had with Gene Warren has just been like – they're, they just exude confidence, and I'm so glad that they, they were able to infuse a lot of that into you through those years.
1: No, I owe them. Like I said, I, they got me my start. They taught me what I know, and, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah. Like they're great. They're great folks. So um, they have a heavy medical uh, client base, which was great. I mean, if you, if, you know, if you know how to go build in a hospital, you can build anywhere. it doesn't, it doesn't get much more delicate than that. Um, and that's where I learned. So, you know, it's kind of Scottish, right? Bouncing back to some office, um, you know, in about two years in, they were, we got, we got pretty busy and they, you know, they basically just said, okay, you're out of the field now. We need you as a project manager estimator. And so from there, that's where my career really got rolling. Well, that and when I transitioned over to the real estate side, CB, Richard Ellis, um, that was, you know, I kept thinking, oh, I can do, I can be the CM side, I can control it, you know, I can uh, be in charge of a general contractor and the architect and all that, and I, I wanted a taste of that, so I got it, and it was one of the, it was a demanding job. It was great, very rewarding to people like, there again, you know, pick your, your places of employment carefully. Um, C.B. Richard Ellis is fantastic. I mean, you got all sorts of, Very high-level guys, very smart people. I got to find out what you know. What makes a deal happen? You know, what does the broker need to happen to get this deal done? What's you know the landlord? I mean, you know, and then how it all when the rubber meets the road with the architect and the property manager. Um, You know, which GCs really man this thing? Which GC can I put into this Class A building? Which you know, I don't need to necessarily have that particular GC in this Class B building. You know, uh,
0: just all all the politics of everything. You know, the, uh, the turning pulling that curtain back on from Oz. I don't know if people want to see how the sausage is made. Right. Right. There's a lot. <laughs> there's so many movement. Hey, I come from the lighting and the furniture, which is which is really two of the. You talk about making sausage. I think people just want to go. All right. Does it look pretty? Do people want to work here? That's good. Right.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's what makes a good—that's what makes you good, Mike. That's yeah. why you're so good. <laughs> and you just get it done. They don't really—they don't want to see it. Even if they want to see it, they might see it for a few minutes. But okay, never mind. I'm good. Just tell me when it's done. Right. Um, you know, and I, you know, and again, that was a—that was that was a—that was, was a big move for me to go to CBRE. And then I got—I kind of got latched in with the laboratory work as a tenant rep PM, and I was traveling the country. I mean, I was, a light week for me was three cities a week, um, bouncing to these different projects. And um, it was a lot, it was very demanding. You know, I I will say CB Richard Ellis folks worked their tail off. I mean, (laughs) that was the hardest I've ever worked. It was very rewarding though, it was good, it was great. I met a lot of great clients over there, some that I'm still really good friends with to today. So, um, you know, that was again, a very valuable stop for me along my journey. Um, but then, you know, life happened and, um, we had a, our first child on the way and my wife and I, and I needed to go back to not traveling so much. Um, and so that, I, I went back to the general contractor side, but again, going, going to the owner side to see how it all works from their angle and what they need out of a GC and then, and having that GC experience first, it, it, it was huge. It was great. So. And then, I, obviously, I've been a general contractor ever since. All
0: right. So we got to know what what made you want to own your own business, though. I mean, you saw you saw what everyone had been through. You obviously had great acumen, but really, do you want to be the one in charge of payroll every every uh, every two weeks, Greg? What made you want to do it? You know, Mike, if
1: I knew. Then what I know now, I don't know. How it been. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, my dad, I mean, my dad was a self-employed physician my entire life. And um, I mean, he would, I, I didn't see him very much. He worked all the time. I saw him on the weekends. Um, and, you know, if I was staying up late at night, but, you know, being a self-employed person, especially a doctor, you don't, if you don't work, I mean, you, you eat what you kill. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, uh, that's kind of the background I grew up around. And he would always just say to me, you know, Greg, you got to do your own thing. You know, it's, it's so rewarding. It's a lot of hard work, but it's very rewarding. And, you know, if you're motivated and you have drive, you know, the sky's the limit. And I mean, he just always, always, always was saying that, and, um, you know, I, I can't give any more credit to, other than to him. I mean, obviously, and, and, you know, I see him every, every chance I can and we hunt together, we fish together. I mean, we hang out a lot together. So, I mean, always being around that you know, you always have that birdie in your ear. Why don't you go do your own thing? You know, my sister was doing, my sister is 10 years older than I am. She's doing her own thing. She had been for a while. And my brother was a, was a physician at that time. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go, let's do this. Let's, let's finally strap it on. Let's get it done. So
0: what was it? So, so there's probably, there's probably a lot of parents listening, right? And they're probably they're probably envious of your dad and, and what level of inspiration he put into his children. What were some of the things other than you should have your own thing? I mean, what were some of the things that dad said that really helped you um, kind of have the confidence that you could do it?
1: Sports. Um, you know, I was, I was a, I was a, I played everything. I never stopped when I was growing up and uh, he would always, he always just thought I was a leader. And he was like, you know, you got that. Being a leader is the number one most important thing that you can that you can do. Your teammates look up to you. Your, you know, our house is always packed with all your friends wanting to come over here, and they all look to you. And um, you know, I don't, I don't really, I, like, I enjoy making other people look good. I got to be honest with you. Um, I don't really, I'm not. I don't really boast about myself. At least I don't think I do that much, but um, he told me, you know, he's always telling me that and I kind of noticed it growing up and I've just always kind of felt that way. And um, yeah, I guess what the answer is Mike is he put confidence in me confidence that I didn't, it wasn't just natural, you know? So hearing those words of encouragement and, and, you know, if your dad can't push you, I don't know who can football coaches, coaches can, but you know, your father, I mean, your parents, your mom, your dad, they're the one, they're the ultimate, you know, coach.
0: That's great. That's great. I, you know what, Greg, one thing I do love about your spirit, it, you really do have a, a servant's uh, sort of your disposition is really as a servant, as trying to, to serve, and you and I have worked very closely on projects together. And that's how we got to be friends first, is that, um, you know, you were the GC, I was probably a vendor on, on the job. And, and you have that. And I, I told you this earlier is that like, people that know you, you just exude that certain level of confidence. And that if I'm going to transfer trust to somebody, I want to transfer it to you. And um, it's really one of my favorite things about you. And, it, and it's not about bravado. It's really about, I, I just always love that about your spirit. And I think that's what your clients really pick up on, especially like a highly technical lab. And people are like, hey, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces here. We better get someone who can, you know, get stuff done. And I feel like you, you just, you exude that. And you, maybe you got that from your dad. Maybe you got it from your siblings, but, but you really carry that well, Greg. Oh,
1: man, I appreciate it. I mean, that, you know, that's what we try to teach around here. I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate with the, with the uh, guys I've been able to hire, guys and gals that I've been able to hire um, that are, you know, just wanted to come here with me. I mean, they're fantastic. They know my vision. They share the vision. Some of them. I mean, it's funny. We can almost finish each other's sentences now. It's a great working environment, um, and you know, I love these guys. I, I, I probably tell them that a little too often. They're like, <laughs> going, <"But laughs>
0: no, it's I okay. do. I
1: love going yeah. to work. I love coming to work every day. Yeah. I I, I kind of always have. I can't. You know, again, I've I've, I've I've genuinely liked where I've worked in the past, um, and and again, I've been fortunate to be around great people, great leaders. So um, just having it here and kind of having my own team and my own huddle. Um, and, you know, I kind of feel like I, I, I insert myself as a peer. Um, I mean, be very collaborative. I'm here as often as I need to be. And then some um, just because, you know, if I can aid a little help along the way, that's just what I'm going to do. And, that all goes back to serving our client, mm-hmm. you know, and, and well, now you're serving,
0: but now you're serving your team and I I'll, I'll guarantee you, your team probably recognizes that same, you know, uh, servant mentality that you do for your clients. I mean, that's, you, Hey man, you're the one writing the checks. You're the payroll guy, right? So <laughs> your job is to serve them and they serve the clients. I mean, that's, that's the magic of this. Yeah. Really. And again, I mean,
1: there's no, you know, I, I, there, our culture is not one built on an ego or egos, um, and that's what's so great about us, I think. And we want to, um, you know, just make our clients and our architects and owners look good. Mm-hmm. And, and if you make others, if you pick others up around you, it, you don't have to worry about yourself. It, you know, your yourself, you, you'll you'll look good. And that's like all
0: right. Let's get in. Let's get into some good tips you can share to, with the audience. Right? Someone's going into a a project they're trying to pick a GC um they're early on a job they're even they have, they're even walking space Greg what are some things that they should be thinking about uh while they're touring spaces and when they're picking a, a general contractor for their for their project whether it be a, a lab or an interior space
1: existing conditions <laughs> all right um, okay besides the rent rate, the landlord's gonna offer you, you know, if you go and, and, you know, you can, and I say this all the time, the sooner you can get, like I could get involved, the more I can help you. Um, and that, and, and I'm sure an architect, getting an architect on board early is also critical. Um, uh, you know, but just identifying, first of all, where you wanna be, you know, logistically, what what part of, what makes the most sense for your business. Um, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty far away from where I live, but this building made sense because most of the staff that I had at the time was closer to the, was closer to here than if I were to do it in Sandy Springs. Um, you know, so it, there's a whole lot of factors that go into it. And then from a constructability side, obviously, um, you know, just look at the existing building. Is it, has it been kept up, grab a GC architect, engineer even, or you just Grab a GC, bring them with you. Hey, what does this look like? I mean, I can, I tell everybody I can do a lot more saving for you early.
0: It's hard to do it late. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Greg, like even before they sign a lease. Oh yeah, absolutely. We oh, do wow. that all the time. That's great. This episode of the Office Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fusion Advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. Check us out at fusion-advisory.com.
1: Yeah. And I'm happy to do it. It doesn't cost anything. So, you know, why not make a call and get us on board? And, you know, it's amazing how much we can save on the front end. It's a lot.
0: Well, what's, what's an example of something that you, is there anything specific you can say, Hey man, I was on this job and I saw this and this was either something that made the job save a lot of money or something that cost the job a lot of money.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty simplistic example, but um, you know, Let's take a a medical space for example. If you go into a a property that maybe was formerly a medical space, or it has existing infrastructure, or it has a generator that the landlord lets you tie into, versus something that maybe slab on grade, there is no redundancies, there there is no emergency power set. You got to put all that stuff in, but you like that space better. You're gonna be, it's gonna cost a fortune. I mean, re you know, and in a first generation build, obviously there's nothing there. But in the, when, when I'm more talking in the sense of a second gen uh, build out, I mean infrastructure, it's 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 not old, it's not on its last leg. As much as you can read, everybody likes to save money, right? So um, I don't care how much money you have, you like to save money. So if you can just reuse some of the stuff, some of the items that are there, and look, I get it. Um, you know, people that are investment sales or or putting together you know funds they don't know what i do it's funny a lot of my friends very few of my friends actually outside of cox and co are in construction and they always say they're like man you're like speaking another language what are you talking about you know and and i i do that i don't mean to do that but i guess it's just the terminology and i try to tell them what to look for and i always say well don't listen to me just just bring me with you i'm you know and i can look at what I'm saying and point it and, and teach you and, and it'll make sense, but just trust me.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause you've uh, seen it. Cause you've seen it done wrong. Right. And and I think we yeah. learn more when we see things done wrong and then you've probably seen it done right a lot, but yeah. you, you know, when things go sideways and those are the ones that that's why 20 years of experience helps a lot. I don't want to put well, down a 23 year old, but like, you know, 20 years of experience, you, you can't buy that. No, you know, yeah.
1: You know, yeah. you It's good. You could You can. You you can. You can have a good work ethic, and yeah. you need that. That is vital. Yeah. But then, yeah, the experience it just makes all the difference in the world. So. All
0: right. Walk me through. Tell us. Tell us something that not everybody knows about you. Um.
1: <laughs> uh. Well, it's all uh, probably a lot. Uh, I pray a lot. Um. Like, and I don't know why, but every you know. The, you know, I get caught sometimes. I'll just have my, you know, I'm just talking to the man above. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, just, just talking to guys do that a lot. I don't, I don't know why that's so surprising. I don't know, you know, but um, I don't know that. And, and probably uh, people may laugh at this old football lessons, old football coaches and, and, you know, just the, the, the lessons that that game teaches a, an individual um, you know, it, it, it really lasts you a lifetime. And I know football players always say that. It is so true. Um, You know, and I always just think that, you know, like don't give up, keep pushing forward. You're you're gonna get punched in the mouth. You gotta punch back harder, you know, uh, stay positive, pick up your teammates, you know, everybody's pulling in the same direction. You're only as strong as your weakest links, stuff like that. And that's why it's important to be a good team player and a good, you know, captain. Funny,
0: funny thing about what you just said, Greg, everything that you said that those coaches were saying, I think you could find those exact same passages in Proverbs or Matthew or Mark, like all that, you know, Hey, let's pull together. Let's dig deep. Let's work on this together. You got to keep your chin up, you know, keep your eyes to the sky. Like, Hey, Greg, there's a lot. You and I could. We could make that metaphor real easy between football and prayer. Like it, God puts no coaches in people's in their lives for a reason. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I that's Mike. That's
1: my favorite thing to do outside of. Actually, it might be my favorite thing to do is coach uh, coach kids.
0: Greg, in Greg, <laughs> Greg, you I think, you know I you know I taught spin for years, right? And um, I taught spin for lifetime fitness for a bunch of years. This is my first winter not teaching. And you got me to start spinning, Mike. I well, I know. So, (laughs) so I'm I used to do stuff when I would teach because I'd feel like you know this was a calling, right? So, here I am, I got 63 people packed in this room, and I would make biblical references all the time. I'd be like, if we were doing a hard anaerobic set, I'd be like, all right, guys, I want you to go Old Testament on this bike, and everybody's (laughs) like. oh, man, did he just say Old Testament on this bike? I'm like, boom, that just happened. <laughs> or, well, or I'd be in the middle of it, and I'd go, you have been given this vessel. It is your job. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, did he just drop a vessel on me? Like, <laughs> I mean, we're just, coaches are put in places to to literally drive people to be more than they believe they can do. And oh, yeah, there's absolutely. great power in that.
1: Uh, I mean, you got to trust in the plan. I say that all the time. You don't know. I told you earlier, I've been throwing so many curveballs. This has been one heck of a roller coaster in the last two, two and a half, two and a half plus years. God has a plan. So you just, just got to prepare yourself as best you can and go out and execute, you know?
0: Well, I'm going to ask you a little bit about uh, role models and mentors. Cause I have a sense that your dad was a, was a great piece in your life. Um, obviously the guys that Warren Hanks were really big. Um, you probably want to say Newt Rockney, um, Vince Lombardi, um, maybe dooley. i'm'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out where you're gonna go with this one. but you know, what's a role model that stands out that's really really hit your heart?
1: Um, you know, my dad, my parents, my dad primarily. Uh, you know, he's the one that he was a self-employed physician and um, just forever, I can always remember him instilling confidence in me and um, pointing out, I guess, leadership qualities that he saw in me, whether it be around my friends or on the sports field and, you know, stuff that I don't, I just do, I don't really mean to. And, um, you know, he's, he, uh, you know, he was really the one to push me to, to go on my own and, and just believe that I could do it. And, um, you know, he he, he was a great role model. I didn't see him much growing up. He worked, he worked all the time, and, uh, he, a ton, um, and, but, you know, I saw him on the weekends and some nights and, um, you know, just that whole eat, which you kill mentality yeah. was put in me when, I mean, as far back as I can remember. So, I mean, he, he, he's my, he's the number one role model for me. That's he's a great. Hey, knows, knows that.
0: Greg, he's a role model to me too. I wish he was a role model <laughs> to the rest of our country right now. It sounds like a great guy to look up to. I'm telling uh, you what, man. Talk to me about your mindset. What do you do? Um, you mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, obviously, uh, speaking to a higher being, um, talk to me about what you do to stay so positive and, and keep that, just that great energy every time around you, what do you do to keep it so positive? Um,
1: well, number one, first and foremost, and I think that everybody should definitely pay attention to this is you need to surround yourself with positive people and good people. Um, and you know what I'm saying when I say that, you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, you know, my, I, I got a great group of friends. Um, I mean, I feel like I got the best friends in the world. I feel like I got the best, um, coworkers in the world here. Um, you know, I go to the greatest church. <laughs> it's just surrounding yourself with positivity. And I tell you, cause you know, and, and sometimes that's not always possible. Um, but outside of that, You know, I do want to put a big emphasis because COVID kind of really put an emphasis on this in my life uh, the past year. um, Is eating healthy and actually just taking care of the vessel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to because sometimes you know you work so hard and you get careless. You know, you eat too much fast food or you know the stress gets to you and you know it's it's real easy to uh, you know just lay just lay on the couch. I can't do it. It's amazing how much better you feel when you just take care of yourself. And I'm not saying you need to be a gym rat seven days a week. I'm just, but you know what I mean. Stay mm-hmm. active at a minimum, even if you're not in the gym. Be doing something. If you have kids, go outside with your kids, or if it's a rec team or, or, or whatever. Um, it, but activity is is critical.
0: Yeah. You know, the, the best even thing the- I heard. It was actually someone that was. I was at the gym and it was one of the oldest people I've ever really talked to about fitness and they're in their early nineties. And I asked them, I said, what's your, what's your secret? Like, how are you, you know, 91 or 92. And this was a long time ago. I hope that person's still going to the gym. Um, but, but I said, what's your trick? And, and he looked at me and he said, he said, Mike, he said, do something every day to break a sweat. Yep. And he just made it so basic. And you know what? I I, I think some people can break a sweat, um, you know, cleaning their house or, or walking their dog or, you know, different things. It doesn't have to be training for an Ironman. Like it, it can be being active. Just do, do it enough that it causes just a little sweat on your brow. And I think it takes you to a better place. I love that.
1: It's kind of funny. So back, this was a few years back, but, um, I don't know why I got into this mode of chopping wood. <laughs> hey, you're, hey, you're
0: sweating <laughs> chopping wood.
1: We, wait, we cut wait, down wait. a bunch of trees and they were wanting to haul them off. And I was like, no, keep it right. Keep it there in the backyard. My, my wife really loved that. But um, I would love to go and just, you know, 30 minutes of chopping wood. That is, that's hard, but it was great exercise. Mm-hmm. It was like a full body exercise. And uh, yeah, oh, just that's therapy.
0: Eating. Hey, Greg, that's therapy yeah. too. It hey, quick. Last-
1: It didn't take much. And uh, you know, it makes you feel a uh,
0: last question for you I know you're a big Georgia football fan and I teased you about this one I almost thought about it. I was going to uh, ask you a different question but I got to know who is the second best running back ever to play for the Georgia Bulldogs
1: you know I, 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 I stuff <laughs> man that's RBU man it, it, that's a
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. We know Auburn RB, is and then I'll USC and then Auburn. Georgia. Georgia's coming in there pretty strong. But let's just say, it, it, if if you had to pick number two, we're going to say that Senator Walker is number one. But we're going to go with uh, the number two running back ever to All play at the University of Georgia.
1: Love Todd Gurley, but I'm not going Todd Gurley, simply because this play will, will live in infamy in my mind hobnail boots so i'm going veron haynes oh baby. man what a great pick <laughs> and i went to high school with him he's a good guy
0: oh that's awesome <laughs> well i i told you there's a great tie with my brother and him playing with uh uh justice and you know great little baseball player so um it's been it's been fun to watch greg it's been great having you on thank you for sharing if somebody wanted to get in touch with you would linkedin kind of be the first place they'd, they'd find you
1: yep absolutely
0: all right. So guys, look up Greg Cox, G-R-E-G-C-O-X. I'm going to put your uh, links in the show notes too. So everybody will know how to get in touch with you. Greg, thanks again. All right. Thank you, Mike. Have a good one.
1: Thanks for listening to the
0: Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.